and welcome back to the Fence Nation UK podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things Miami Dolphins. I am, as ever, your host, Andy, and I'm this week joined by a special guest, our first time on the podcast. With me today is Nick Avery Harris. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm really good. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. End of the week, you know, weekend's approaching. You know, preseason game is currently about, I think, five hours away, I want to say, from time of recording, so the game will be done when this podcast is released. Or maybe the same day, I don't know yet. But either way, it's exciting times. Football is here, albeit it's pre-season for a few weeks, and you know that some people will have mixed opinions about that those kind of games. But overall, um, you know, it's good to have back. And we know that when it starts pre-season, the regular season is just moments away. How excited are you for the season? Oh, I'm. I would say I haven't been this excited for Dolphins football since probably late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I I think that it's before my time really. I think it's you know it's um you know I was born ninety ninety five, so that sort of era is before my time. But I think certainly I said it before on previous podcasts that I've never known a team with this much hope going into the season. Um, and I think that whilst we'll go on to later on, but certain injuries may curtail that. I, I do think that it's certainly the best team I've had in my twelve years being a fan, and that's um. Not exactly a high bar, but it's still, nevertheless, it's still an amazing um, thing to be going into season with and being really one of the playoff contenders and one of the favourites to make the playoffs. So I think it's all around a very, very exciting time. But for you, Nick, um, you live in Canada. So for you, what made you a Dolphins fan? So I inherited the Dolphins, actually. My dad was a huge Miami Dolphins fan and just growing up every Sunday was always about Dolphins football. Now obviously um, kind of pre-internet it was hit or miss however being I'm actually from London in Canada which is actually about an hour and 45 minutes away from uh, the US border which means we ended up getting a lot of U.S. TV channels, and one of those channels was actually from Buffalo, so we were always guaranteed at least two Dolphins games a year. And uh, back in the early 90s, kind of mid-90s, we actually got to see Dolphins-Bills playoff games. Now, I mean, that just sounds like the I've experienced two games in the playoffs in my whole time being a fan. I mean, I've had last season and then um, 2016 season, so early 2017. And, you know, I'm still waiting for that first win as a Dolphins fan. I know a lot of Dolphins fans had the same thing as me. I mean, not had a win in the playoffs since 2000, I think it was. So it's been a long time, but um, hopefully um, this year can change that. Now, I don't know how old you are, but you sound like you're of his era. But, of course, the big news coming out in the most recent days was the Hall of Fame enshrinement of Zach Thomas. Now, a few of the actual Fins Nation UK members went out there. Notably, Martin Lydon and Nigel Shays. Uh, Martin, of course, actually managed to get on the parade bus. or not, I don't know whether it was a car or a bus, but he got onto the vehicle and had a selfie with Zach Thomas. I thought that was, that was incredible. But for you, obviously for me, it's different because... I don't think he ever played at all when I was alive, let alone when I started becoming a fan. So for you, 
what your memories of Zach Thomas when he did play and just how happy were you for him, for him to get finally, after many years of Dolphins fans appealing and sort of hammering for it to happen, how happy were you to finally see him uh, get the gold jacket and be in the Hall of Fame? Well, I was absolutely ecstatic. So I was born in 1985. So I was lucky enough to live through... Uh, almost all of the Dan Marino years and my first memories of being a Dolphins fan is obviously Dan Marino and then transitioning into kind of the, the late stages of primary school and early high school after Marino retired. It was all about the Dolphins defenses. Obviously when Jimmy Johnson took over and obviously drafted uh Zach Thomas kind of started to shift the team towards being more of a defensive heavy team and then when Dave Wanstead took over the team his uh, favorite motto or quote I guess was always if the series ends in a kick it's a a good series so whether that be a a field goal point after or a punt he was all about uh, running the ball playing in defense and the field position. So I actually got to see Zach Thomas play twice in person uh, in 2002 and 2003. Um, again, being so close to the border, I got to go to Buffalo to see two Dolphins games in those years. In the dead of winter, it was the coldest thing I've ever experienced. However, got to see one win, unfortunately one loss, but Zach was all over the field, was absolutely amazing, and one of my favorite memories, actually, I can't remember if it was the 2002 or the 2003 game, however, you were listening to the Buffalo um, radio station on the way up, and they kept talking about how Zach Thomas is just overrated all of the stuff and all the fans all over the uh, stadium had signs that said overrated. There was chance in the crowd of overrated and he just absolutely was all over the field, played fantastic. And of course, me being a Dolphins fan, wearing his Zach Thomas jersey, giving it back to the fans. And both of those years, I'm pretty sure he made uh, all pro teams. And yeah, he was just amazing and it was a long long overdue yeah I mean looking at his stats I did actually get it wrong in terms of time he played he did start his career in Miami 96 he finished the left Dolphins in after the 2007 season and had one year in Dallas overall in his career 184 total games 168 of those coming in a Dolphins jersey in total he had 16 forced fumbles 48 passes defended 1,734 combined tackles and 17 interceptions and four defensive touchdowns. And going on further, you mentioned mm-hmm. All-Pro, um, five-time All-Pro, seven-time All-Pro, so seven-time Pro Bowler. Um, he was in the Hall of Fame All-2000s team and, of course, last week or two was put into the Hall of Fame. Um, now, moving on from old Dolphins players to the current state of Dolphins. Now, been a few news coming out, obviously the Biggest headlines the last two weeks have been training camp, and sadly, injuries has been 
the main talking point coming from training camp. So with the first one happened early on in training camp, I think it was maybe the first day, if not the second day, news that came out of Jaden Ramsey's injury. Of course, the quarterback who we traded for, uh, for with a third rounder plus Hunter Long for him this offseason, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in my you know, my 10 or so years being a fan in the NFL. Um, and there's been many different discussions of when he's going to be back. Now, the original diagnosis was December. Now, Rams come out and said that whatever time they give me, I can get a month earlier. Now, that's probably easier said than done. Uh, but there was a doctor who came out recently, I believe it was on his Twitter, on his doctor's Twitter account or some company's Twitter account, saying that he believes it'll be hard for Jaden Ramsey to come back to the old Jaden Ramsey, the elite Jaden Ramsey, which had had a response from Jaden, which said, to quote him exactly, shut up, I don't let a couple of things slide, but you will have no clue what's even going on, just talking to hear your old selves talk. Last time I checked, I served the one and only God who dictates everything, not all these Twitter, or in brackets, ex-doctors who have never seen me in their lives, lol, God bless. And but Daniel even came out recently and said that, you know, he's eyeing a quicker return than expected. Uh, and I have to shout out these quotes that have come from SI.com, the fan nation, um, where I got all these quotes from. Um, now, also, you know, he's believing that he's doing well in his recovery. And he's talked about how he has, he has to go through these steps and all that kind of stuff. But for you... Just how much of an impact do you think this is happening? Because the defence was a massive issue last year. Of course, a lot of that can be put on... Um, I've actually forgotten his name now, but our defensive coordinator last year... Um, Josh Boyer. Josh Boyer, thank you very much. So a lot was put on him because he was there before, but Brian Forrest seemingly did, a, did sort of make him look better than he was. Boyer's now gone. Well, big, big fan just come in. A lot of um, credit as a DC. I mean, his head coaching time was great, but... He did great things in Chicago with the Bears as a DC. Now he's come in with the expectation of coming in and getting his defense back to what it was under Flores. Now, in terms of Ramsey, um, just how much of an impact do you see this having on the um, on the defense this season? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, it's a it's it's a big loss. However, it's not like. He had him for four games and then lost him for the season. So I guess this is just the time for the young guys to step up and make their mark. Someone like Cater Kovu, who apparently, from everything I've been reading, has been having a great training camp. And surprisingly, from what a lot of the writers have said, Noah Ikenogany has been doing really well. So it just gives them a chance to step up and hopefully those guys can do well enough that Jalen Ramsey doesn't actually have to rush back and can come back when he's 100%. And could you imagine having those two guys, X and Ramsey, and if Cater's playing at a really high level, having those quarterbacks going into that playoff push completely healthy, that is what I'm hoping for. And that's the optimist in me. Instead of getting down being like, oh my god, this is so dolphins. Uh, I'm trying to be optimistic about the situation and at the end of the day, without getting too much into the X's and O's, the, the Fangio defense is largely run by the safeties. 
and obviously with Javon Holland back there being uh, probably one of, if not the best young safeties in the league, I'm really, really optimistic about this defense this year. Yeah, and I think you made a great point about Kohu. He is one of the players that um, has impressed, and I, I'm looking at reports um, again from Fan Nation. I mean, the fact he picked off Tua in one of the early seven or seven reps. Um, sort of rumors are that he stepped in front of a pass that was tennis for Hill, uh, which he undercut and and got the um, interception. And you know, he's a guy that came in last season. I think really against really against all odds because. No one thought at the start of the year that all the injuries happened to that, that that unit of the field, and he's come in. and I think there were times where he did get burnt a bit uh, in one on one coverage, but I think you know he's a rookie, and I think he's got that um, sort of excuse. I don't think he can do it in his third or fourth season, but I think as a rookie, you can make those mistakes, get him out of the way, and learn. And I think that it will only help him go into second year. And I think that not only playing alongside Ramsey in terms of off the field, you can give him a lot of tips. I think also it will help him in terms of getting that experience into then when, when Ramsey does come in, learn off the best on the field. And I think that's only a good thing. But at the same time, I think with Jaden Ramsey, I think he is a difference maker. He really is one of the best. I think he is still the best shutdown corner. Um, I think he's the best shutdown corner of his era. I don't think many other cornerbacks really um, could compete with that. So many of the big games, I think digs especially, which will really help when it comes to the build games or would have helped you know, in that in that first week, uh, sorry, uh, first game in week four, I think his experience against him and against other big top wideouts where he has managed to limit them to just, you know, 40 yards or 30 yards in a game. And I mentioned Buffalo, of course, the final week of the season, which is actually on my birthday, um, that's against Buffalo at home. So I think having him back for that is big as well. And I think you mentioned the stretch, you know, you've got our last three games, our last four games um, are New York, Dallas, so New York Jets, Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo, and even before then, you've got Tennessee, and I think it could be a dark horse this year. Um, so, yeah, I think having him down for that stretch is probably, you'd rather it be that way around than him be there for the first 10, 11 weeks and then miss the crunch time because, as we saw last season, injuries hindered us massively and, you know, ended up costing us in that wildcard game. Um, speaking of which, actually, um, I want to talk about Tua. Um, of course, uh, Braxton Barris, one of our new receivers, has been getting a lot of headlines as well in training camp. And of course, Tua Hill Waddle. Um, now, first year Tua Waddle uh, injury came out recently, the last few days. Um, so he was it was on eleven on eleven on eleven series, the second of the day. Caught a pass from Mike White in the middle of the field. Uh, he went down after making contact with a Falcons defender. Took a while to get up, appearing to grab his right side. Although it wasn't clear from the stands whereabouts that was. He walked slowly then towards the area between the fields before walking into the facility with the trainers. And Tua has talked about this, saying that uh, Waddle has probably had one of the best camps on our team. It's kind of unfortunate to see something like that happen. I hope it's just a couple of days. So from seeing that, it sounds like maybe the media overblew the injury or maybe we, it was worse. It was not, not as bad as first thought. Um, but in terms of having him back would be crucial along with Tyree Kill and the likes of Braxton Berrios, even Robbie Anderson, or I should say Chosen Anderson, as well as other players coming in and out. But for Tua, of course, new to the off-season, new tattoo. Of course, he's had his massive Samoan tattoo on his, I believe it was his right arm. So he's going into what would be now his, his fourth season in the NFL. Um, 
I know, sorry, his third season. No, 2020. Sorry, his, his fourth season in the NFL. You know, a lot of talk, he's a big talking point the last few years under Flores. Didn't got well with him. Had a very good year last year in terms of the improvement he made, but the injuries, of course, the multiple concussions is still worried for me and a lot of Dolphins fans. But, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Because he is someone that is going to divide opinion until he's proved otherwise. How are you feeling about him going into this season? Well, I think it, it's clear he's trying to take all the right steps. He's clearly bulked up. Um, and, I mean, the jiu-jitsu thing is whatever it is. I think for Tua, the best way for him to stay healthy, make maybe first read, second read, get rid of the ball. If nothing's there, throw the ball away. That concussion at Cincinnati, which was absolutely devastating to watch, uh, the whole time I was screaming at the, the television, throw the ball away, throw the ball away, and then that happened. And it's it's somewhat frustrating because I am a huge Tua fan. I wanted Miami to pick him in the draft. I not going to lie, I was visibly emotional when they made the pick. Kind of, uh, I don't know if you've seen the video Martin posted, mm-hmm. but I was very similar uh, to how he reacted. I love Tua. I just need, I want him to stay healthy. And unfortunately, it's not necessarily going to come down to Tua, but more the offensive line. And from everything I've read, um, this training camp has not been the best for the left guard position and that's a bit scary because it's those rushes that come straight up the center that you know impact the quarterback the most yeah I think you're right because that has been for as long as I remember really for Dolphins we've never had a good offensive line um, now, looking at the current depth chart as it stands, just going to get this up a second because I don't really recall any much, many, many, many additions this offseason. So, looking at the current depth chart, according to ESPN, is Terran Armstead left tackle, Liam Eichenberg left guard, Connor Williams center, Robert Hunt as a right guard, and Austin Jackson as the right tackle. Now, this is the exact same defensive line from a year ago. And Armstead was by far our best lineman, but he was the most injured. And Austin Jackson was one as well. But it's, for me, it's worrying because the Dolphins surely should have learned from last year. Now, I was there, I was at that Bengals game, um, and that was a horrific experience for me. And I know there's Bill fans I know that went to the Mar Hamlin game, we've been something a lot worse, granted. But even so, it was still absolutely horrible being in that stadium for that. And a lot of times with Daniel the gap to the run, especially around about the third or fourth quarter. And the Bills game was the best example of that. It was a case where, you know, we went a lot of success in the run game and then just completely neglected it. It was like he was playing Madden and he was constantly trying to pass the ball. And I think that was the biggest issue with preserving Tua's health. The fact that he did, you know, he did massively rely too much on Tua's arm. And I think that's why I'm hoping that you, we, we can get Dalvin Cook. But if not, we've got, you know, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson and rookie this year, Devon AK. And I think if you mix those three together, you know, split the reps, if not, give maybe two-thirds to Wilson and Moster. But either way, I think if you can just use the ground game more, and this is why I think David Cook will be an amazing addition for that reason alone, it will stop the need for Tua to throw the ball as much, and it will therefore 
reduce the need for the offensive line to really have their say and need to be constantly protecting too. Because at the end of the day, if we play like last year and we constantly go for a passing play, he's going to want to get, and get hurt. And this is what we've seen in, in the in the training camp. It just now I'm aware training camp does not reflect week one, week two, week four, week nine, etc. But at the same time, it's got to be concerned because the Falcons, the defense line isn't exactly one that it, it should be too afraid of. So it's not as if it's, I'm trying to think of a good offense, a good, they played the Eagles stuff, say this is the Eagles who are doing training with, then it's like, okay, they got a good defensive line. But the Falcons haven't got that, like an elite defensive line. I think to be in training camp already showing signs of this is a woe for me. Now, I'm hoping that in the next four weeks and the use of preseason, which I don't think two will play in at all, I'm hoping that'll give defensive line the chance to really get to know each other even more and really get that groove going. But is a worry for me. And I think there has to be a huge worry because if Tua is down, we can kiss our chance of making a postseason goodbye. Because frankly, even though you know he's not a top a top five quarterback, I still think on his day he's a top ten quarterback. And I think if you've got receiving options of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, I think anyone's going to be winning games like that. So for me, that is a huge concern. But at the same time, it's got to hope it'll come right, and we've got to hope it'll do well. But um, yeah, that is really where we ended for today, really. That's really all the main training camp headlines done with. Um, before we do go, um, just want to sort of get your thoughts on McDaniel. Now, going into second year, how confident are you of him being the guy to lead us to potentially our first playoff win in, what's it, 20-odd years now? Yeah, I I'm a huge Mike McDaniel fan. I think... From watching his press conferences, it sounds like he's learned from some of his mistakes from last year, and apparently he's told Raheem Mostert that he is going to run the ball more, which I'm really hoping for. I've been uh, re-watching a lot of uh, last year's games. I did skip that Cincinnati game, however, but in re-watching, I watched the Texans game, and the first 10 plays of the game, they only ran the ball one time. Now, it's not like the Texans were a great team. However, you, you want to be running the ball a lot more, one, to chew up the clock, especially with the teams we're playing this year, keeping their offenses off the field. Um, but also, you just give that defense a bit of a break as well because the rest of defense is going to be helpful towards the end of the game and then as you said that buffalo game if we had ran the ball a lot more who knows what could have happened right but i i have a lot of faith in mcdaniel i really was unsure about it during the the time of the hire but he really won me over last season and i am really optimistic going into this season and then i mean as far as delvin cook goes i think yeah it'd be great to get him but I feel like we do need to get him at the right price because coming up next year if you know um, Tua is going to be our quarterback of the future which I hope he is he's going to be due a pretty hefty contract and we kind of need as much money to roll over next year as possible um, but if not I'm actually really excited tonight to see how Devin A. Chain plays because from everything I've read, he's had a fantastic camp and looks absolutely amazing out there. So hopefully that could be a, a steal 
in this year's draft, seeing as we barely had any uh, picks to begin with. But yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with uh, Mike McDaniel so far, and hopefully, you know, this is the first time since uh, I think it was 2000 was the last playoff game we won. It was an overtime game against the Colts, actually. I remember the game uh, quite well. And then um, after that, as you said, it's been uh, 2008, the Tony Sperano uh, wildcat year. We made the playoffs and got run off the field by the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And then 2016 with Gase and got run off the field. Uh, or sorry, it was the other way around. It was Baltimore 2008 and uh, Steelers 2016. And both times we did not do well. Yeah, I think for me, I think this is the, the thing with our season that I think, you know, we I think we can all dream of being a little, little dark horse to win it all. But I think for me, like any, like most sports in the world, like your family's team, you want to see progress. And for us, if I can see us make the playoffs and win a playoff game, for me, that'll do. Anything more is a bonus in my eyes. Obviously, I love it if you can go and win it all, don't get me wrong, and it'll be a great chance to go to Vegas. But um, at the same time, it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to be realistic. Like, we aren't the Chiefs, we aren't the Bengals, and we aren't the Eagles. So for us, I think we got to be realistic. We probably aren't the same level of roster as the Chiefs, for example. But time, I think on our day, we can't beat anyone. And I think we proved that last year. When everyone's healthy, we can beat anyone. We beat the Bills when everyone's healthy. We, we won a few games like that. So for me, I think if we can just make the divisional round at least, and I've, having won a playoff game, that will do me nicely. And anything more will be a bonus. And going to the game tonight, I think I'm looking forward to seeing Cam Smith play one of our yeah. draft picks. I think he sort of has made a bit of noise in, in the offseason. And I think that we talked right at the start of the episode about Jaden Ramsey and the chance for, you know, mentioned Noah Iguanogamy and Kade Kohu to make their, their claim. And I think that this is his chance, I think, particularly preseason to really make a, make a claim to be a starter because Eli Apple's the current listed right cornerback on the depth chart on the ESPN. But I think everyone knows his flaws and everyone knows that he's been brought in just as a temporary thing for Ramsey. But if Cal Smith can come in and go, and have a really good preseason, and and then come to week one, have a great week one or week two. They're going to play him probably more than Apple because he's a long term project, and Apple is always meant to be a short term fix. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play, and I think you see, I'm looking forward to seeing AK because there's a lot of buzz around him, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he plays. Now, I will try and watch the game if I can. Now, I am up early tomorrow morning um, or Saturday morning, so I may not. Um, but it depends. Now, I obviously, during the season, we're going to be doing, hopefully, weekly reviews of games. Now, I'm going to try and give you maybe one or two game reviews of pre-season, but I can't guarantee it for those listening. But either way, we will be doing reviews as the season goes on. But that will be the end of the Foundation podcast for today. So, once again, thank you, Nick, for coming on. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me on. No problem at all. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's been really good to chat all things Dolphins with you. And I'm looking forward to getting you back on at some point during the season. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. I'm always willing to talk Dolphins with anyone. Great stuff. Now, I don't know whether you have social media, but if you have it, I'll give you the chance now to plug it for people who are listening and how they can find you on social media. 
Yeah, I mean, I do, but I realistically, I only really use uh, Facebook. And if you are looking for me, you can find me on the uh, Fins Nation UK um, Facebook group. Uh, been a member there since uh, 2017. Uh, actually ended up meeting Wayne at the Hard Rock in London uh, for the Dolphins uh, Saints game. So that's when I actually became a member of the group. So it was a pleasure to meet Wayne and then uh, met Martin because I was coaching with the Norwich Devils and he was a part of the uh, Essex Sabres coaching staff at the time. So both absolutely great people. So if anyone out there is listening and haven't met number one or number two yet, if you have the chance, absolutely take it because they're great guys. So I didn't realize Martin was a, was a coach at one point. So was he? A, what was his role? Was he a special team centre coordinator guy? What, well, what was, what was I, I, I think he was part of the training staff. I believe I can't remember exactly what his role was. I was more focused on because I was coaching uh, the defensive line at the time, and uh, I don't exactly remember what his role was, but. The highlight of the game, obviously, was having a beer with him after the game. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he was on the training staff. Okay, I'll definitely ask him more about that when I next see him. Uh, before we do go, um, I just want to pay a little bit of a tribute to one of our Fins Nation UK members, Gary Piatic, uh, who sadly passed away in the recent weeks. Now, he is someone that I met for the first time last year um, in Florida Keys. He showed us rounds. Um, such a nice guy, and it's it was so sad to hear the news came out that he did a forty die of cancer. And I know I can speak for a lot of people who have met him a lot more and known him a lot longer than me. That he was a, such a great member of the Dolphins community, did a lot for the Dolphins fans, did a lot for the UK Dolphins fans. Whenever anyone came over, he was the first guy. Certainly when I was there, to show you where everything is, to tell you where everything is, and he was called the mayor for a reason. So I just wanted to, in this episode, our first one since his passing, just to pay a little bit of a tribute to Gary. Um, and just once again, send my condolences to all his friends and family. And I know that everyone in Fins Nation UK will miss him. But that is where we will end the Fins Nation UK podcast. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Nick. And we will see you guys for the next episode.